0: YouTube continues to rule the AVOD world, posting revenue of 29 billion in 2021. And Roku continues to dominate US connected TV, driving more streaming minutes than its top four rivals combined. Listen on to find out more.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon from End Screen Media at the top there. Hey, Colin, how's everything?
0: Uh, it's great, Will, and uh, I'm still a little bit sad that the 49ers exited the, yeah.
1: uh,
0: the quest to the Super Bowl last weekend. But I gotta say, I can't complain because it's the, the season started off pretty poorly and just to see them get that far was a lot of fun so uh i don't know about you but uh, i kind of like cincinnati for the for the win in the in the super bowl they looked awfully good i thought
1: i'm not sure uh i don't know i mean here in new england um the big story of the week was the tom brady retirement of course of
0: course well it was <laughs> I mean, here too because of course everywhere. he's sarah high school has sarah high school grad here in uh, in the bay area right
1: right So I think it was a big story everywhere, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hard not to be. Hard not to be. So um, anyway, yeah, Super Bowl is going to be fun. I think it's going to be great. The the whole NFL postseason has been really incredible. The number of games that have been so close in in regular or overtime. It's just been crazy. Crazy. Yep. Yep
0: and uh, maybe next week uh, i've been seeing quite a lot of data kicking around about how many people are going to watch and how they're watch how they're going to watch maybe to sort of get people wor- warmed up for the game we can talk about that next week uh, just yeah. the game uh, the following yeah. weekend but uh, i think we're going to jump in and talk about our news stories now right
1: yeah we're going to do a couple of news items and then we have a couple of stories to get into this week as well
0: that's right and i'm going to i want to mention the the fact that comcast and viacom cbs who are actually working together in Europe on a new service called Sky Showtime. Uh, they've got full regulatory approval and so they will be launching in Europe later this year and this is a kind of interesting deal Will Um, I really like it I think it's it's good that the two are working together both of course um, NBCU and CBS have a ton of content that they're licensing in Europe and I think that's one of the problems that they have there that between each of them couldn't get enough content together for a full service and working together to sort of bring what they have really does create a much more interesting service. They say they're gonna launch with 10,000 hours of content and they're excited to be launching all over, uh, all over Europe. And they have Monty Sahan, who was, he was the guy that launched Epix in charge of the whole venture. So be excited to see how that does. Very competitive market for SVOD Europe. So it should be very interesting to see how that does.
1: But it sounds like a smart move.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think, um, you know, uh, we're seeing this with HBO Max as well. HBO Max is also doing pretty well in Europe and it's just about to go live in a whole bunch of Eastern European countries and, and the Nordics. Yeah. Um, so, so this looks like a hotbed right now for U.S. content providers that are looking for new outlets for their, uh, their material and uh, at least going direct to consumer is the thing that they want to do. So uh, we have to see how how they do.
1: Well, let's continue on the SVOD theme and content for a moment because there was a um, little news story, a little something that caught my eye late last week and I didn't get a chance to mention it on the podcast, which was that in Apple's earnings call, uh, there was a question to Tim Cook, CEO, excuse me, about um, the financial return on their investments in original content, and Cook's reply is quote is We don't make purely financial decisions about the content on Apple TV Plus. We try to find great content that has a reason for being. And um, of course, you know, when you're Apple and you have that kind of money, you are unlimited money basically. You can afford to make decisions without purely financial return in mind. Um, but I think it. Really ups the ante for everybody in the industry. And uh, I've actually been chuckling a little bit recently, Colin. I was mentioning to you earlier that the Apple TV ads, Apple TV Plus ads that are out right now, uh, starring John Hamm, who of course was the star of Mad Men. If you're a Mad Men fan, you know John Hamm well. Uh, And John Hamm is basically cycling through the Apple TV Plus UI and calling out all the A list stars that now are on Apple TV Plus and kind of, you know, what was meaning about why he's not there, why Apple hasn't made a deal with him. I think those ads are very clever. They're very funny. Um, and they, I think, really sync with what Tim Cook was saying about how um, they're not necessarily looking at financial decisions. They're looking at content that they think is great and that needs to be made.
0: Yeah that's that's very clear by their strategy will because uh, as you know we, I've been very critical of of Apple TV plus for just not having enough content there to hold people and to make it worthwhile staying a permanent subscriber to uh, and I know he was asked in the earnings call very directly about Apple TV subscribers and he wouldn't he wouldn't say anything about uh, about that at all so, uh, that said, although I have been pretty critical of the service, uh, he is right. I think Apple is producing quality content in that service, very high quality content and uh, when they do when they do produce a show it's going to be pretty good and I've been watching the new show that they have called The After Party which I highly recommend very very amusing show and one of the things I've noticed about Apple as well is that they're taking I think the high road you don't hear many f-bombs in Apple in in the shows on Apple TV at least not in the shows that I've been watching and like I don't think I heard the f-word Maybe once or two. Well, now I think about it, there were quite a lot of f bombs for one particular character in Ted Lasso, but it was very much in character for that for that guy. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm really enjoying the after party, and I think that I think Tim's right. He's produ- he is producing very high quality content. I just wish that there was a lot more there to justify the 4.99 a month.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't renewed the subscription yet. I have to admit. Um, watched a couple of things and then dropped out of it so uh, I need to be one back so to speak but maybe we should go ahead and get started Colin um, with our first story of the week.
0: Yeah yeah why don't we I I think you are going to be talking to us about Google earnings and in particular how well YouTube continues to do. I know you like YouTube and they're continuing to prove that your faith in them is justified right?
1: (laughs) Well I've been a big fan of YouTube and their model for a while and um, have written a number of times about just the really incredible financial performance of YouTube since we got more visibility on how they're actually doing and that was tied to um, a few years ago uh, them releasing for the first time their ad revenue number for uh, for YouTube and um, they've continued to do that and th- that's allowed for finally being able to make some comparisons so uh, q4 of 2021 they reported 8.6 billion in advertising revenue for YouTube that was up 25 percent from the 6.9 billion in um, 2000 q4 of 2020 and if you look at it on an annual basis, the youtube advertising was at almost 29 billion in 2021 and that was up from about 20 billion in 2020 so they were up almost about 46 47% in annual revenue in advertising only in 21 um, but that's of course that's of course the biggest slice of YouTube's revenue for sure the advertising. and we'll come back and talk more about the advertising. but I just want to fill out the financial picture first. Um, so if you assume YouTube just to think about the other two main revenue streams for YouTube, um, they're probably you know give or take around 4 million subscribers on YouTube TV, maybe a little less. that's at $65 a month. So that's another probably, you know two and a half to three billion dollars per year um, and then the other big revenue stream is the youtube music and premium subscription service which back in september they said they had 50 million subscribers to. um an average is probably around 10 dollars per month it might be a little bit less than that so there's probably maybe another 5 billion give or take in youtube music and premium revenue coming in as well subscription revenue coming in so you add that all up to 28 plus the 3 plus the 5 um, and you know YouTube as a whole certainly is over 30 billion dollars a year now in revenue and is probably closer to 35 billion and you know you just stop and think it's only been about 15 years since Google acquired the company and they were you know really minuscule at that point how sizable this business has now become?
0: Yeah, and it's pr- pretty much universal, right? Everybody watches YouTube, right. and it's really sobering to think, Will, the the entire TV advertising market is about seventy billion. The entire market, and YouTube is—I mean, it's 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 approaching half of that. <laughs>
1: Well, that's uh, seventy billion is the U.S. market, and the yes, YouTube US. numbers are and this global. Is a world buy, this is a worldwide. Yeah. This is, is a worldwide. And I think about eighty percent. And I think about eighty percent of YouTube's viewership comes internationally. So, say twenty percent of the twenty-eight billion. So maybe it's yeah. five and a half to six billion, compared yeah. to the seven billion, give or take.
0: But it is. It's still. I mean, it's still Huge. an amazing, amazing number. And you know, in some respects, when you think about it. Um, youtube has become what advertising supported video is online that's you know (laughs) that's how you watch advertising supported revenue and i got to tell you i think although they weren't very specific they he didn't give um uh pinch didn't give specific details uh breaking that number down into how much came from connected tv i think uh, uh you know i don't know if it's half but Maybe not half, but maybe twenty or thirty percent of that is coming from TV, and the reason I think that will is just I'm looking at the other data that they've given. They said earlier, I think last year they said about a hundred million people in the US was watching YouTube on CTVs. Um, but but the other thing I'm looking at here is I'm looking at the hundred and ten million devices. Uh, that are being driven by Android TV and Google TV, and you got to believe um, that that's extremely helpful in helping Google uh, grow revenue at YouTube because uh, really YouTube is is very central, I think, to the experience of Android TV and Google TV. You mm-hmm. get recommendations from uh, from mm-hmm. from YouTube uh, showing up all the time. It's an integral part. There's a button on a remote. If you buy a Google TV, there's a button on the remote for uh, direct access to YouTube. Um, and it, it's, um, it's just so well integrated into that experience. I have a feeling that that is a big reason why they're seeing tremendous growth in CTV. And I've got to believe that that's also helping a lot in growing that $8.6 billion that they, that they earn in Q4 through that, uh, through that product. So yeah. I think TV is becoming a much much more important part of the mix, and um, I think you were telling me before we just got started that they're bringing a new ad format that they're, they're just they started selling to skippable ads right on e- on on CTV. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean I want to talk about that the video action the so called video action yep. um, campaigns, uh, and just to further uh, to add to your comments about connected TV. You know, I think it's hard. They have not offered any breakout in terms of, you know, what the um, what the uh, you know what the ads amount to on um, CTV. Um, our at our CTV uh, advertising preview 22 conference last week, eMarketer's analyst um, Ross Benish said that he thought between the sort of the big three to him uh, or the big five. Uh, which was led by YouTube and um, Hulu, et cetera. That between the Roku, that between those uh, first five companies, they had about fifty or sixty percent of the market. So, you know, YouTube itself may be about twenty percent. Um, but what they did call out on the on the earnings call was that uh, connected TV is their fastest growing screen, and also said that they see a ton of runway ahead. So, um, and actually just one other quote is that, you know, all in all, they're excited by the opportunities ahead in connected TV and that they're just getting started. And, and part of the just getting started is what you just mentioned before, which is um, that they have now, uh, as of a couple of months ago, enabled the so-called video action campaigns to extend to CTV inventory as well. And, and that means that advertisers are able to you know, create these campaigns that are, um, that incorporate conversion capabilities, you know, sort of lower funnel capabilities. And um, that's important, of course, because that helps drive an actual, you know, tangible return um, beyond, you know, recall and awareness, things like that. It actually can drive purchase or leads or whatever else, you know, the advertiser is searching for, is, is searching to accomplish. So, um, there was a great quote in the earnings call where they said that they're thinking of the traditional TV screen as a quote dead screen that viewers essentially stared at for decades. And now it's starting to come alive with the ability to drive conversions and that they really like that. And are and focused on measurement and trying to enable that across different screens for YouTube. So um, yeah, I, I think the uh, video action campaigns Coming into uh, CTV, you, coming into YouTube streams on CTV, is an important development in the market, and um, and they also, uh, you know, really emphasized in the earnings call the value of e-commerce and how they're trying to uh, not just incorporate that the conversion capability for advertisers, but they're also trying to enable it for their creators and evolving the creator revenue model beyond just advertising alone to try to have it be, um, campaign, uh, try to have it be commerce and try to have it incorporate other parts of the, um, you know, the uh, other parts of a revenue overall revenue model. So, um, yeah. So, you know, again, I think we're going to go on to another story here in a moment, but I, I, I think YouTube absolutely is, um, you know just remains the 800 pound gorilla in the market and the numbers really reflect it
0: yeah yeah and and they're also making headway in much shorter videos tiktok length videos as yeah. well i see so uh, there's nowhere yeah. this this company isn't going in video at the moment i think
1: yeah shorts they said youtube shorts have hit 5 trillion views all time and are doing 15 billion views each day. So yeah, shorts <laughs> seems like another big growth opportunity for them and a, and a nice opportunity for creators as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's I wanted I wanted to touch on some data that I dug out of Conviva's Q4 2021 Stata streaming report. And uh listen, there's there's just a ton of data in this report, so Um, I'm only going to scratch the surface here, but um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the the fact that we spend a lot of time talking about penetrations of set-top boxes and smart TVs and, um, you know, uh, how, how long... Uh, people are watching these things is is very difficult to assess it's very difficult you know just because you own one doesn't mean to say you're actually using it and the great thing about the Conviva data is that they're basically monitoring a lot of the premium video streams that are being delivered so what we get a look at when we look at the Conviva data is we get a look at what what devices people are actually using and so, I sort of dug through the data and pulled out the North American and European data and it's it's pretty interesting and it's not necessarily the same as you would you would think looking at penetration numbers. So let me give you the top line on on the screen preferences. Um, so for premium video we 're talking about premium video. Um, it's still all about the big screen CTV whether you're using an SMP a streaming media player or you're using a smart TV or for that matter a game console some people are, some a lot of people are still using those as well it's still still all about that conviva says that in q4 83 percent of screen of viewing time was delivered to the big screen um, mobile was the next with eight just eight percent. And desktop and tablet were behind were behind there. And that, that incidentally that didn't change much, um, well, hardly at all, between 2020 and 2021. And it's a little bit the same in Europe, a little bit less to the CTV, mostly um it's 68% to the CTV, and that actually was pretty good, pretty good growth in Europe. And there they're still using a lot of people are still using a, a PC to view. 12% there was the next with um, tablet and mobile close behind so what, what the bottom line of this data is, it's still all about CTV so so really looking at this information that they provided about um, who, which device and which OS is being used the most was really pretty revealing, what they said was that 41% of Q4 viewing time in the US, in the in the North American market, I should say, was delivered to a Roku-powered device, and will that was that's as that is actually more than the total delivered to Fire TV, Samsung LG T, uh, LG TVs, and Apple TV added together.
1: Combined, <laughs> so yeah, amazing, gosh.
0: That that just gives you an idea of how entrenched Roku has become in the homes that people have uh, that uh, where they're being used and it really sort of it reinforces a couple of things about Roku for me and that is that I think it's the pr- the primary choice of call cutters when people decide that they're going to go without pay tv it, most of them are turning to Roku and so they end up they end up watching I think a lot more than other folks and it's not I should say it's not that way in Europe not at all because Roku is just getting started it has a very small share in Europe only about 5% of the time of streaming time and there um, actually Samsung is in the lead with 20% and Fire TV with 12% Um, now the the interesting thing here is that uh, in the US and in North American markets Fire TV and Roku uh, pretty much neck and neck if you look at the share of devices in people's homes, they're pretty much neck and neck. I think it's around about 30% share each of those homes that actually have a streaming media player. So that that just makes to me, it's even more remarkable how much time, uh, how much streaming time is actually delivered through a Roku device. And this I think gives us a little bit of insight. Into why we've seen such such remarkable growth in Roku's um, platform business, which includes the Roku channel and all of the ads that it's serving up, because people are just the the people that use Roku's are just spending so much darn time watching yeah. TV. And, and in fact, if you look at the numbers, if you look at Roku's um, streaming numbers and you sort of divide it out by the number of active accounts, they're watching three plus hours a day so it's just it, it is their television they're really not doing other things that's what they're they're doing for roku so i think in a lot of houses fire tv maybe is actually the secondary device maybe they're still using a pay tv set top box to to watch quite a lot of content as well so and anyway that was the thing that really jumped out to me most from that data was just, you know, how we keep hearing about how Fire TV is catching up and overtaking Roku. But in in truth, when it comes to viewing, it's not even close. It's still all about Roku.
1: Right. you got to focus on usage, as you're saying, actual usage and viewership, not just ownership.
0: That, that's absolutely right.
1: And that Conviva data I looked at, also, that report I looked at also, is just jam-packed. There's there's so much data in there. You've just scratched the surface.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, this data I pulled out on on Roku and on the screen preferences, they have this big wheel which has a whole bunch. Right. Of, it's, it's so information-dense that you have to really pay attention when you're reading it. But it is certainly well, well worth reading. And they also have in there, they have a whole bunch of data about video performance and also social they're now including social social data in there as well social social performance so well worth picking up but anyway that roku may be may have its challenges cut out for it this year but it starts from a place of strength i think
1: i think you're right and i think we may also be about out of time here as well Yeah, I think so. All right, Colin, good chatting about, uh, well, I guess we had four topics this week, so we covered a lot of ground. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in on this week's edition of Inside Stream. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.